Well, hi, and welcome to Better Than New, the podcast to help you find a cool used car, truck, or SUV at a price you'll love. I'm your host, Gary Crenshaw, and if you caught last week's episode, you were introduced to the top 10 Better Than New episodes from 2023 based on downloads. And if you didn't get a chance to join me last week, definitely check out that show as there were some great episodes from 2023, including the number one downloaded episode, which was actually from 2022. It was an episode about a rugged 4x4 that's so popular, listeners kept wanting to hear about it in 2023. But for today's episode, we're looking toward the future and some of the cars, trucks, SUVs, crossovers, sports cars, sedans, hatchbacks, and more that you can expect to hear about on the Better Than New podcast in 2024. More on that in just a moment. So hop in, buckle up, and let's go for a drive. Now, in many ways, it's hard for me to believe it's 2024, but frankly, I'm really happy to be done with 2023. If you've been listening to this podcast in the last year or so, you may remember that 2023 started off, for me anyway, with a tree falling on and damaging three of our cars. One was totaled, that was my wife's car, one was dented and scratched, that was my car, and another was lightly damaged. And, of course, that was the cheapest car. That was our son's car. Now, that was certainly a disaster and really not a great way to start the year. But on the flip side, something positive did come out of that, which was a review of the second-generation Nissan Xterra. After a great neighbor of ours let us borrow his 2012 Xterra for a few days while we got our whole car issues sorted out. In fact, several neighbors came to our rescue that day, and it was all covered in episode number 34 from January 12th, 2023, along with the second generation Nissan Xterra. It's a great SUV, and if you're in the market for something like that, be sure to check out that episode if you didn't catch it last year. Now, in addition to having our various cars totaled and dented and damaged, I also got my first case of COVID in the final couple of weeks of 2023. Now, that kind of ruined the holidays for us. <laughs> it wasn't great, but... Leading up to that, I also had several months of do-it-yourself project misfortune doing a major maintenance project on my Audi wagon. Now, the Audi's back on the road, finally, and that project seems to be over, finally, but it took way longer than it should have. I mean, I started it in the summer. I started in August, and I didn't finish until early January, you know, just recently, so... Not a great way to end the year, to be honest. And in fact, on next week's episode, I'm going to recap the highlights and the lowlights of that project and tell you the best way to approach a major do-it-yourself project, or really any do-it-yourself project, so you work through it as efficiently as possible towards a successful outcome. Now, hopefully you'll be able to avoid the problems I had on my DIY project, but no matter what, after hearing about all the dumb things that happened to me, I think you'll feel more confident about your own DIY skills. You know, it's the old, hey, if that moron can do it, anybody should be able to, right? Well, that's probably the case. <laughs> anyway, that episode's coming up next week, so if you're interested in some tips on doing an automotive do-it-yourself project, check it out. But enough about 2023. Let's get back to 2024 because I want to tell you about some of the vehicles and information you have to look forward to on this podcast this year. 
Now, last year I did a similar show talking about what you could expect in 2023. And while I got to many of those vehicles, I was a little bit surprised by how many I didn't cover. So for 2024, we'll include those vehicles, plus a few more interesting, fun-to-drive cars, trucks, and SUVs right here on the Better Than New podcast. So the first category I want to dig into for 2024 is trucks. And I remember starting to think about, uh, I don't know, three years ago, five years ago, that trucks have gotten to be way too big and way too expensive. I mean, new trucks are huge and their prices have followed that trend. Now, about the same time I started thinking new trucks are getting too big, I also started really missing the trucks that you could once buy that were small by today's standards, but are in fact kind of all the truck most people really need. Now, this is my opinion. You may agree with this assessment. You may not. But we're going to be downsizing some of our truck episodes this year, not all of them, but some of them, by checking out some of the great small pickups from yesteryear that I think you might still want to have in your driveway. Now we're going to start off with everybody's favorite, the Toyota pickups from the 80s and 90s, maybe even the 2000s. Now, I'm not going to approach this the way many people do, where they, you know, pick the best truck. Well, the best truck is the 1982 through, you know, 88 XYZ. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm really going to approach it from the standpoint of what's going to be the best value to get a smaller but rugged Toyota pickup. Could be a four-cylinder, could be a six-cylinder, could be from the 80s, could be from the 90s, could even be from the 2000s. I'm not quite sure yet, but I'm going to narrow down and kind of give you the range and the types of trucks and the years that I think offer the most value for the money you spend. Now, Toyota pickups have gotten really expensive, the older ones. So we're going to have to dig into this a little bit. And certainly my favorites are the 80s pickups. My dad used to have a 1980 uh, Toyota pickup, 4x4, long bed, had the 5-speed. It wasn't, I don't think it was an SR5. It was all white like a refrigerator and had white steel wheels. It was so basic other than the 5-speed and air conditioning. But it was a great truck. I used to drive that thing all the time and just loved it. So anyway, we're going to dig into uh, Toyota pickups and find the value there. Another line of smaller, older pickups that we're going to look into are the Nissan hard body pickups that were available from 1986 through 1997. These actually offer really nice lower cost option compared to similar year Toyota pickups. And I think that's a lot of where the value comes from. The market, for whatever reason, doesn't value these as highly. So we're going to take a look at the Nissan hardbody pickups. And we're also going to look at the Mazda pickups, the fourth generation B-series pickups from 1985 to 1998. So if a Nissan hardbody pickup is less expensive year to year, condition to condition compared to a Toyota pickup, the Mazda pickups compared to any other pickups seem to be ignored for whatever reason. But they're great pickups, whether it's for something you want to use on a job site uh, or it's just something for a weekend adventure. They're definitely worth a look. And when you find them out there with low miles, one owner, two owners, you can find some that are really, really inexpensive. And those are just three of the trucks we'll be covering in the truck category on Better Than New in 2024. So next up for the 2024 episodes is America's favorite automotive category, and that is 
SUVs, and crossovers. America loves SUVs. So we're going to cover some great SUVs in 2024 with an emphasis on value, like always. Now, in 2023, we covered the second-gen Nissan Xterra. That's the 2005 through 2015 Xterra. And I recommended the 2011 and later because of the strawberry milkshake of death. If you're curious about that, check out the episode. Um, also covered the Isuzu Trooper, second generation. That was from 1991 to 2002. Those came with either a 3.2 liter V6 that made 190 horsepower or a latter 3.5 liter V6 that made 215 horsepower. Great vehicle. You can find low mile examples if you search hard and they have one or two owners and they are much less expensive than a lot of other vehicles in the SUV category. So you want to check those out. We also covered the versatile Honda Element. We covered the third generation Toyota RAV4. And if you happen to catch our Little Weirdos 4x4 series, you heard about four fun, small, two-door 4x4s, including the Geo Tracker, the Daihatsu Rocky, the Suzuki Samurai, and the Dodge Raider. They're older, funky, but fun. Okay, but in 2024, in the SUV category, we're going to take a look at some really great vehicles, including the 100 Series Toyota Land Cruiser. This was a vehicle I wanted to cover last year. I didn't get to it. Sorry about that. Um, it's a tough body-on-frame construction SUV. Toyota built this to last a minimum of 25 years. Yeah, they really put a lot of effort into making Land Cruisers last a long time, and they do. And these come with the 4.7 liter V8 that made around 230 horsepower. It's a three-row SUV. The third row seats can swing up and out of the way, or they can be removed completely. And if you're looking for something similar in the Lexus world, there is the LX470, which is virtually the same vehicle. A little bit different headlight and front grille treatment and rear taillights are a little bit different, but basically the same vehicle. I personally like the 100 Series Land Cruiser over the Lexus LX470, but that's just me. You may see it differently. Now, some alternatives that we're going to cover uh, include the Lexus GX470 and the cheaper and larger Toyota Sequoia. Now, I've talked about Sequoia. My nephew bought one used, and he got it for a great price. He's really enjoyed it. So we're going to go back and take a little bit deeper dive into that one. On the value side, I'm going to dig a little bit deeper into some Infiniti SUVs that you might want to consider, including the FX35 and the FX50 with a 390 horsepower V8. For some reason, those seem to be a little bit underpriced in the market. Maybe not at a dealership, but certainly when it comes to private party ads. I seem to find these quite a bit uh, at reasonable prices. So I think you can too. I'll give you some tips on how to do that. And when it comes to cheap SUVs, we're going to take a close look at the Isuzu Rodeo. Now we've covered the Rodeo as the Rodeo Sport and the Isuzu Amigo. That's the two-door version, short wheelbase version of that vehicle. But we're going to cover the longer wheelbase four-door Isuzu Rodeo and its brother from another mother, the Honda Passport. And I'm talking about the original Honda Passport, which essentially was a rebadged Isuzu Rodeo. If Honda thinks it's good enough to be rebadged as one of their vehicles, it certainly is. So we'll dig into that. Also, as a little bit of a twist on the Little Weirdos 4x4 series that we did in 2023, we're going to look at some funky 4x4s that you may have forgotten about, including the Isuzu Viacross, the Honda Cross Tour, which is sort of a weird mix of Honda Accord and kind of a station wagon-y back end. 
We're also going to cover the Acura ZDX. I don't know if you remember that, but it was kind of Acura's take on BMW's X6. It was also shown in the Marvel Universe in the movie Thor and elsewhere in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. television show. So it's got a little bit of fame built in there. It never became super popular, but it was a great vehicle. Just looked a little funky, but we'll dig into that. And we're also going to take a close look at the original Subaru Brat. Remember the Brat? B-R-A-T. And that stood for Bi-Drive Recreational All-Terrain Transporter. Yeah, it was basically Subaru's way of building a little trucklet thing with some funky seats in the back that could get around the chicken tax back in the 1970s and 1980s. So we'll dig into that. It's not necessarily something that you would drive on a regular basis, but it could be a weekend fun machine or something to just, you know, make a little investment in and, you know, cross your fingers and hope it goes up in value. But we'll dig into the Subaru Brat as well, along with some other interesting SUVs in 2024. Okay, the next category is hatchbacks for 2024, and there are three in particular that I really am looking forward to covering. They're all four-door, four-cylinder, turbocharged hot hatchbacks. The first one I want to talk about is the Ford Fiesta ST. Sadly, this car is no longer available in the U.S. They still make it for the European market, but they're done with America. They assume that Americans just want SUVs. They don't want to have cars or hatchbacks or sedans or whatever. Anyway, we'll take a look at the Fiesta ST. It has a 1.6 liter turbocharged four-cylinder engine, made 197 horsepower, came with a six-speed manual. It's really fun to drive. It's got great handling. And it also came with available Recaro front bucket seats, which I recommend. Uh, there's some low-rent plastics inside, and it's kind of a cramped back seat. But that doesn't stop the driving fun for this lively front-wheel drive Fiesta variant. So we'll check that out. Uh, we'll also cover its bigger brother that is, again, no longer available in the U.S. That's the Focus ST. Again, larger than the Fiesta ST. A uh, bit more practical because it is a bit bigger, but your mileage may vary. Maybe you like something smaller. Came with a two-liter four-cylinder engine. It made 253 horsepower. That's turbocharged, by the way. Had a six-speed manual transmission. And again, sadly, none of those vehicles are available anymore from Ford. But you can still get a truck and you can still get a Mustang. So there's that if you buy new. Uh, and then the final car... Not the final hatchback we'll cover, but the final one that we're going to talk about today is the Mazda Speed 3. That's the first generation, which was from 2007 through 2009, and the second generation, which was available from 2010 to 2013. Came with a 2.3-liter turbocharged intercooled engine, made 263 horsepower, 280 pound-feet of torque, which was limited a bit in the first two gears to minimize torque steer on these cars. That was a kind of an issue. Uh, it came with a limited slip differential, anti-lock brakes, and like I said, a six-speed manual. Really fun car to drive. All three of these would be great to own. Uh, there's certain things to look for. We'll dig into that. But look forward to seeing those hot hatchbacks and more at some point during 2024. Now, this next category is not very common. It's coupes and sport compact cars. Do they really have those anymore? Uh, I don't know. I guess they do. And we covered a couple uh, last year in 2023, including the V8-powered Lexus SC400. 
that's a great coupe. If you haven't heard that episode, you should go back and check it out. That was the 1992 through 2000 models. Fantastic vehicle. And we also covered the last normally aspirated BMW, the 128i two-door coupe with manual transmission and sport package. That was the way I recommended it. Uh, There's a couple other options on that particular car, but definitely I think you want to get the sport package with the more bolstered seats and the sport suspension. So look for that. If you haven't heard that episode, check that out. Uh, But for 2024, look for podcast episodes on the replacement, I guess, of the Integra Type R. That would be the Acura RSX Type S, little hatchback, two-door coupe. It's not quite an Integra Type R. Actually made a little bit more horsepower, but didn't have some of the go-fast parts that the Type R did. However, the Acura RSX Type S is very popular and will tell you why. We're also going to dig into the Diamond Star Coupes. I don't know if you remember those, but the Mitsubishi Eclipse, the Eagle Talon, and the Plymouth Laser. Those all came with uh, Mitsubishi's venerable 4G63 2-liter engine that was turbocharged. Each one of them was all-wheel drive. They came with a manual transmission. Really great platforms to sort of modify and have some fun with, so we'll talk about that. I'm also going to look at some other stuff that's a little bit funky, certainly not common, including the Celica All-Track Turbo. There were two versions of that sold in the U.S. There was the ST185, which was sold from 1988 to 1989. I actually used to have an 88 model, and it was great. Came with a 2-liter engine, made 190 horsepower, had a liquid intercooler for the car. And then later, uh, the ST185, a little more swoopy bodywork. I think a lot of people think that's a better-looking car. It had an air-to-air intercooler and a little hood scoop on the front, and it was sold between 1990 and 1993. They're not common, difficult to find in good condition, but if you come across one that's in good condition, you know, snap that thing up because it's kind of a collector's item. And it was the basis for Toyota's World Rally Championship effort back in the late 80s and early 90s. A couple of other sport compact cars that we're going to look into include the Chevy Cobalt SS, probably focusing on the turbocharged model. It actually came in three versions. There was a turbocharged model, there was a supercharged version of it, and then there was a normally aspirated Chevy Cobalt SS. They're all kind of geared a little bit more towards the performance end of things, but the turbo model is a little bit more tunable, I would say. Anyway, we'll dig into that. And also the Dodge Neon SRT4. Remember that? Remember the Neon? Hi, right? No, this is the bad boy version. This is the version with 215 horsepower initially, and then the second year they bumped it up to 230 horsepower. Uh, The thing just scoots. It's quick, and it's relatively easy to modify, so we'll look into that. Again, not common, but they do pop up every once in a while, so I think they should be on your radar as something that if you happen to come across one and you're thinking, well, maybe, yeah, definitely. Definitely check that out as one of the coupes and sport compact cars that we're going to cover in 2024. Also coming up in 2024 is the category of sports cars. We're going to dig into the Miata. Now, I've talked about Miatas before. I've talked about the first generation, the NA models. I've talked about the second generation or NB models. And a lot of people talk about the Miata in terms of like picking the best generation, right? Is it the NA, the NB, the NC, or the ND? There's been four generations of Miatas since 1990. 
I'm not going to get into that. What I really want to talk about in 2024 is sort of help you figure out which one offers the best value. They're all fun to drive, so that's really not an issue. And they look a little bit different, each one. The original has the pop-up headlights. Then they went to more of a wraparound headlight on the NB. The NC was a little bit different. It kind of mimicked, in some ways, some of the styling elements that you might find on like a RX-8. And the new one, the ND, is frankly, it's the best in terms of performance, but they're all fun to drive. So we're going to dig into the Miata and try to identify what's your best value and which kind of combination of features should you look for to get the best value. Lowest price for the most fun. We're also going to take a closer look at the first generation Subaru BRZ and its Toyota counterpart, the Scion FRS. Scion doesn't exist as a brand anymore, and I guess the FRS doesn't exist, but it actually does, as the Toyota GR86. But for all intents and purposes, the Scion is the Toyota version. And we're going to take a look at those first-generation versions of that rear-wheel drive boxer engine sports car from those two companies. We're also going to take a close look at the first-generation Porsche Boxster, the BMW Z3, and the Mercedes-Benz SLK to help you decide if one of these iconic German roadsters makes sense for your budget. Now, they're German cars, so they're kind of spendy, you know, for in terms of parts, but they're moving towards classic status, and they're going to be worth more money in the long run for vehicles that are in good condition and, and kept roadworthy. So we're going to take a closer look at those sports cars and more in 2024. America's forgotten category is sedans. We're going to cover some sedans in 2024. We did in 2023 as well. There's some great ones out there. For example, the Lexus GS400, 430, or 460. There was one generation from 1997 to 2004 we're going to talk about, and then there was another from 2005 to 2011. These all feature smooth V8 power in a five-passenger luxury sedan. They're front engine, rear-wheel drive up through 2004, and then they added an all-wheel drive option in 2005. So, again, great vehicles to drive on a long trip. We're also going to talk about the Lexus GS350. That's the fourth generation, 2011 through 2015, and the 2015 and a half through 2020. That was the facelift of that particular car. Uh, that's a V6-powered vehicle but it makes around 300 horsepower. So it's it's a great way to go if you're looking for a sedan in your future. Not everyone is, but if you are. A couple more interesting ones. These are off most people's radar, but they should be on your radar. One is the Mazda Speed 6. That's a four-door sedan in a Mazda 6 body. They're kind of stealthy. They came in all-wheel drive. They're rare, but they have a turbocharged engine that's similar to what came out in the Mazda Speed 3. That's that 2.3 liter engine that made 280 pound-feet of torque. It goes. They're fun to drive. And Subaru had one that is, again, sort of the forgotten sedan of Subaru. And that's the Legacy 2.5 GT Spec B. Funky name, great car. Available from 2006 to 2009, came with a 250 horsepower turbocharged boxer four-cylinder and manual transmission only. All of these, especially the last two, the Mazda Speed 6 and the Legacy 2.5 GT Spec B, are rare, but they offer amazing performance and they're sort of sleepers in the sedan category. So we'll talk about that in 2024. And our final category for 2024, which is also my personal favorite, 
guess sports cars are my favorite, maybe, but this is my personal favorite for, like, day-to-day drivers, and that's wagons. Are there any left? Oh, sure, there's some left. Like, for example, in 2023, we talked about the Mazda Protégé 5. We also talked about the Dodge Magnum. Remember that? Came with a Hemi V8. Anyway, we're going to talk about two others in 2024. Maybe some more, but definitely these two. The first one is the Subaru WRX Wagon. And I'm talking about the original round headlight version from 2002 to 2003. There was a later versions from 2004 and 5 and 2006 and 7 that we'll include in that. These are two-liter turbocharged engines uh, that was expanded to a 2.5 liter in 2006. And there was also a Saab version. Remember that? The Saab 92X from 2005 to 2006. We're going to talk about all of that under the moniker of Subaru WRX Wagon. So that's one. The other one we're going to cover is the vehicle that I own. It's a little self-serving, but you know I've been doing this podcast for a couple of years. I've talked about the car. I've talked about uh, the DIY project I've done on the car, but I haven't actually done a review on it. So I'm going to do that. This is the Audi B6 B7 S4 Avant, uh, which is German for wagon. It's not German. I don't know why they call it an Avant. It's just what they do. They don't want to call it a wagon, right? Nobody does. So they call it an Avant. Anyway, the B6 was from 2004 through 2005, and the B7 model came on board in 2005 and a half through 2008. They're basically the same car. They have differences in terms of the front grille and headlights and the rear taillights. That's really the big difference. Now, they made running changes for this vehicle throughout the entire range from 04 to 2008. But consistently, these were 4.2 liter V8 powered cars that made 340 horsepower. They were available with a six-speed automatic transmission, a Tiptronic, or a six-speed manual. And about half the cars over that run came with the manual. So it's an interesting option if you're looking for a sport wagon. They all had Quattro all-wheel drive, and they're fun to drive. I really think of it as a grand touring wagon. It's something that you can put a rocket box on the top. You can put a bike rack on the top. I have both. It works great for that. It doesn't have a ton of rear seat leg room, but, you know, it's great for a family with small kids or adults for shorter drives. You know, you can sit back there for an hour. It's not bad. You could sit back there for three hours. It wouldn't kill you. But the car is a little bit smaller. And it's funny. I was in a parking lot today and was walking back to my car and it was parked next to I think it was like a Nissan Rogue or something. And I thought, wow, it's not that big. The Audi's just not that big. But it looks great. Actually, the same day, a guy came up to me when I was sitting in the car, kind of taps on the window. He goes, hey. Uh, and, he, and he talked me up. He apparently has one and loves it. So we're going to dig into that. There's a lot of love for these particular cars. And we'll tell you why you might want to put the Audi S4 Avant as well as the Subaru WRX Wagon on your short list of used wagons to buy in 2024. Well, that's just a bit of what you have to look forward to in 2024 here on the Better Than New podcast. So I hope you'll be sure to join me for all these upcoming episodes and more. And as always, if you like what you heard today, please subscribe and follow this podcast so I can keep bringing you reviews of cool used cars, trucks, and SUVs available at a price you'll love throughout 2024 and beyond. Also, be sure to join me next time to hear about my out-of-control, five-month-long do-it-yourself project on my Audi wagon. If you like hearing about the suffering of others, you're in luck, because I suffered a lot. 
and I'll tell you what I did wrong, but better yet, I'll tell you how to avoid making the same mistakes. Plus, I'll give you several key tips to help make your next do-it-yourself project go smoothly from start to finish. So be sure to check out that episode. And until then, I'm Gary Crenshaw, this is Better Than New, and I'm really glad you came along for the ride.